0: Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. On today's show, we're going to find out what's happening on Veterans Day and we're going to talk about Native American Indian Heritage Month. But first, it's time for Generally Speaking a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Mankey.
1: Veterans Day is a celebration of all those who have served and continue to serve our nation with honor and distinction. Each year, we pay tribute to American veterans for their devotion patriotism, selfless service, and sacrifice on behalf of all of us. Their loyalty to our country and their great courage have made us what we are today and what we've been for more than two centuries, a beacon of hope in an increasingly complex world. We say thank you not only to them, but also to their families, for they too have sacrificed. On behalf of the Minnesota National Guard, please join me in wishing a happy Veterans Day to those who have served and those who continue to serve this great nation.
0: Thank you, General Mankey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. So I said at the opening, we're going to talk about Veterans Day and all of the events and things going on around Minnesota. And joining me today from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs is the Chief of Staff, Dave Bellify, and the Public Affairs Manager, Beth Barslow. Dave and Beth, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio.
2: Thanks for having us again, Tom. It's uh, great to be on the show.
0: And, Beth, we finally got you behind the microphone again, so it's fun. It's going to be a fun day.
3: Yes, great to be back, Tom.
0: Dave, I want to start with you. I understand you spent a few years in the Navy.
2: Yeah, I spent uh, 10 years in the U.S. Navy and a uh, couple of couple of the showcases, of, if you will, of my service. I was on the 2nd Fleet staff out of Norfolk, Virginia. That was in a float command and then Submarine Group 8 staff in Naples, Italy. So you were hanging out with a bunch of admirals. Uh, a couple admirals, yep, and uh, some submariners and surface guys, and uh, kind of hit all of it uh, in my 10 years.
0: Okay, active-duty Navy, and uh, how long have you been at the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs?
2: This is my 18th year with the agency already, and it seems just like yesterday.
0: Almost twice as long as you spent in the Navy. How about at, that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You, you, when you reflect on it that way, it's, a, it's kind of an incredible journey.
0: And you took a new position in February of this year, Chief of Staff.
2: I did. Um, kind of the second go around, I was interim chief of staff uh, last year, but then uh, took it on full time this year. And uh, really, this encompasses the nine areas within the agency to support the two deputy commissioners. Uh, all of the core functions, such as legal and finance and HR and as Beth's area and communications and uh, our strategic planning. So, so really, the the core functions uh, to support the agency is uh, what I oversee.
0: So, chief of staff's like the glue; you kind of hold everything together and 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 grease the skids, if you will.
2: Absolutely, ensure that those deputy commissioners and the commissioner is happy.
0: Oh, yep. uh, well, that too. And uh, Beth, uh, you've been one of our producers on Minnesota Military Radio, going back almost to the beginning. Great to see you on this side of the microphone. Your position over there is uh, public affairs manager, but our listeners probably don't know, you served some time in the Minnesota Army National Guard.
3: I did, yep. Um, I was in the Minnesota Army National Guard. Um, I joined when I was 17 and was in for eight years. Um, and yeah, I really grew up uh, in those eight years. And um, I decided after uh, the deployment I went on in 2008 that um, I wanted to get back to uh, higher education and finish my degree. And um I ended up at a few different places before I ended up at MDVA, um, but I really enjoy my job because it's an opportunity for me to still continue to give back to veterans. Um, although I don't work directly with veterans in my communications position, um, you know, I'm I'm a big part of the mission and in serving those who have served. So.
0: And for the show, you're uh, chasing around guests and trying to get them in here and get us some back inf- background information and questions. You deal with the Commander's Task Force and, and – all the other guests that are important to come on and tell the story of Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Does that keep you busy?
3: It does, yes. <laughs> and as our agency continues to grow, um, that excites me because then it gives us the opportunity to have our new folks on the show to talk about, um, yeah, everything we're doing. And um, also I really enjoy working with the Commander's Task Force. Um, they kind of they turn over each year, but I get to meet somebody new each year and work with them for a year, and so it's been great.
0: And a lot of them to keep track of too. We're speaking with uh, Dave Bellify and Beth Barstow from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and talking about uh, a big event comes up every year, Veterans Day. And Dave, I want to come to you. There's for when it comes to people who've been in the service. There's two days of the year that are important: Memorial Day and Veterans Day. A little different, though.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. They are different. Um, give a little background on Veterans Day. So many of your listeners are probably aware that World War One ended. On the eleventh, in the eleventh hour of the eleventh day of the eleventh month in 1918, a year later it became uh, Armistice Day, and that was the uh, the observance there. And in 1926, Congress finally passed a resolution to have an annual occurrence uh, or observation on November 11th, and then it finally became a public uh, holiday on uh, starting in 1938. So we've been we've been honoring our veterans uh, since the end of uh, World War 1 but as you pointed out the big difference between Memorial Day and Veterans Day is that Veterans Day is honoring all American veterans um, on, on this day uh, who have served their country during war or peacetime. And, of course, Memorial Day is honoring our uh, veterans who uh, paid the ultimate sacrifice. Gave uh, their, their lives lives and life and service, life to, our service to the country. So the, the big distinction there, and thank you for pointing that out.
0: So on Veterans Day, which is coming up November 11th, uh, for those that uh, so wish, thank a veteran for their service. Thank them for serving our country because without them, we wouldn't be the— uh, the freest, best country in, that the world has ever seen. And we need our veterans as much as we need our first responders.
2: Yeah, that's the best thing to do. Just uh, thank a veteran uh, again for their service. Yep, uh, yeah, that that would be perfect.
0: Beth, we need to get to the event. November 11th is coming up. Is there going to be a big state event this year?
3: Yeah, so Saturday, November 11th, um, we will have, it's the official State of Minnesota Veterans Day event and um, this is our second year back in person since the pandemic. Um, and it's going to be at the Invergrove Heights Veterans Memorial Community Center. Um, and we start the day out with a free community breakfast. So all are welcome and invited um, to come and hang out with other veterans and family members, um, have a good free breakfast. Uh, we have a new caterer this year, so we're excited about that. Uh, our, our previous caterer did a wonderful job, but uh, unfortunately they did close down. Um, and after breakfast, we have our official part of the program, um, which goes from 10 to 11, where we will have uh, members of the Minnesota congressional delegation uh, speaking with us. We will have the 34th Infantry Division Red Bull Band, which is always exciting because it's the full band and they do such a wonderful job. Uh, And one of the best parts, in my opinion, of the program is the Armed Forces Salute, where uh, veterans get to stand up and sing along to the song um, of their service. And uh, not, well, kind of new to this year, we're having a keynote speaker, and someone maybe our listeners might be familiar with, who's been on the show multiple times, uh, Stephen Whitehead, uh, the DEO. Uh, I'm sorry, the DAV CEO and Adjutant Adjutant um, of Minnesota Disabled American Veterans, and um, yeah, I think we'll also have uh, the Adjutant General present speaking. Um, so we're really looking forward to it, and it's really a day where we honor and celebrate our veterans. And um, with it being on a Saturday this year, we're hoping that more families might come out. Because uh, I think it's fun, too, when, when kids are there and they can kind of be part of the patriotic program, listen to the music. And, yes, yeah, so we're really excited. So if you're available and interested, um, join us on November 11th. So,
0: Dave, when that Red Bull band does, does that salute, we want to hear you singing loud and clear the, the Navy anthem.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> do we, do we want to start it today, Tom? Well,
0: let's see if we have time for that in the second segment. <laughs> Beth, I want to come back once again. Uh, you said it's at the Invergrove Heights Veterans Memorial Community Center over in Invergrove Heights. And uh, breakfast starts at 830. Correct. So you got an hour and a half to get in there and have a nice breakfast, mingle with some other veterans, meet some of the congressional de- delegation. Of course, the governor and, and lots of folks will be there, and the program starts at 10. Yep. So it's a one-hour program. And as you said, your keynote speaker is uh, uh, Butch Whitehead, uh, yes. the adjutant of the DAV of Minnesota. Yes. Oh. And, of course, he just recently retired as a as command sergeant major from the Minnesota Army National Guard. And, and I think he's pretty happy to be back at DAV and just focused over there.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, we're looking forward to having him. I think um, he just has uh, recently retired from the military, but also just his service, you know, as his personal and professional life with the DAV, the National Guard. Um, I mean, he's just really a man of service. So we're really excited to um, to have him there with us on Saturday.
0: Just a few seconds left in this segment, Beth, but is the uh, Invergrove Heights Fire department going to be out there with the big flag and all yes, that stuff? Yes,
3: yes. So they bring their whole team and they have the two fire trucks and the la- hooks and ladder and then they um, display the American flag, which is just you pull up and you see that huge American flag flying and it's just hard not to feel that patriotism and um, yeah, and Veterans Day theme.
0: Great day to do that. And for all of our listeners out there, it's on a Saturday. So if you can get over there at 8.15, 8.30, have some breakfast, you can see that flag, and it's going to be a great program and and the official event for Veterans Day this year. We've got to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to speak more with the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs about Veterans Day and some other issues. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please, Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been talking to... Dave Bellify and Beth Barstow from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. And Beth, we were talking about uh, the uh, official state ceremony, which will be Saturday, November 11th, uh, over at the Inver Grove Heights Veterans Memorial Community Center. And uh, breakfast starts at 8:30. The program starts at 10, goes to 11. Red Bull Band will be over there. the The uh, local fire department is putting up that big flag. for For we want to get everybody over there. We can, but if if they can't go. Is there a way to watch that ceremony and watch what's going on over there?
3: Yeah, absolutely, Tom. Um, one one thing we did learn, uh, a lesson from the pandemic, is that we want to offer people an option if they're not comfortable coming in person or if they simply, you know, might be busy. Um, we will be live streaming the event, um, and that can be found at minnesotaveteran.org slash events uh, on Saturday. And then... Um, It'll also be available to watch back. Let's say maybe you're not available on, you know, Veterans Day or whenever. It'll be available to watch uh, anytime after Veterans Day as well if you want to catch part of the program or the whole thing. Um, yeah, so we we encourage uh, listeners to, if you know, if they're not able to join us, that's just fine.
0: So once again, that's minnesotaveteran.org slash events. And are there, uh, there are some other events around the state, right?
3: Correct. Um, this year we decided that we were going to um, – Kind of reach out and see if um, we could collect a list of different Veterans Day event, events happening around the state. In addition to our event that we put on, um, and we didn't get a huge um, turnout of uh, events, but we have a handful. And so, if you're you know in a different part of the state listening and you kind of want to see if there's a Veterans Day event around you, uh, we have that listed on our website at minnesotaveteran.org/events. Same same area on the website. So if you're if you're interested in Veterans Day events in Minnesota, check it out.
0: If you got some time, get over to the Invergrove Heights Veteran Memorial Community Center. Eight thirty, get some chow and stick around for the program. Thanks, Beth. Uh, we got we got to talk to the chief of staff for a while now. I want to get some some information out about the MDVA, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. And Dave, I understand that uh, every day is Veterans Day over at the MDVA.
2: Yeah, that's that's uh, our motto at MDVA. Um, for many of your listeners, you may know we're. Uh, Kind of a cat, well, not kind of. We are a cabinet level agency uh, where our boss is the governor uh, who appoints commissioners, uh, who is uh, the MDVA's uh, boss. Uh, right now it's temporary Commissioner Lindsay. And it, we have over 1,500 dedicated employees serving Minnesota's veterans throughout the state of Minnesota. And as you say, every day is Veterans Day. We are providing those services from uh, claims and outreach to education and employment all the way to our five veterans homes, soon to be eight veterans homes, and, um, and end-of-life services at one of our four cemeteries. So our 1,500-plus employees are dedicated to serving those men and women who have served their country and uh, every day, we say at MDVA, is Veterans Day for the uh, for Minnesota's veterans.
0: Now, Dave, you know, this, the MDVA clearly is the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Some of our listeners, I think, have some confusion about the federal VA, Veterans Affairs, and the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Can you distinguish between the two? You work together, but there's some separation too, isn't there?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the federal VA, a strong partner well, with MDVA, of course, they operate to the cemetery at Fort Snelling, and they operate the uh, the veterans' uh, uh, hospitals here at Saint Cloud, um, also in uh, Minneapolis. But MDVA is a state agency, again working for the governor and our commissioners appointed by the governor. So we have the task to assist Minnesota's veterans again, in all facets of connecting the dots between state, federal, and local benefits that uh, our veterans have earned uh, from their service uh, in the military. We're
0: talking about the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs and Veterans Day on Minnesota Military Radio. Dave, uh, let me see if I've got this now. The the federal VA, they operate the federal cemeteries. They, uh, they process the claims for any veterans that uh, have some kind of a malady or injury from the time they served in the in the in the military, and then they've got a uh, the uh, a claims processing uh, branch that that runs all of that stuff. That's federal. On the state side, you work very closely with the county veteran service officers to help fill out those claims and submit them to the federal VA. And you work very closely with veteran service organizations, which advocate for our veterans here in Minnesota to help process those claims. Have I got that all right?
2: That is correct. Thank you for that explanation, Tom. We look at the CVSOs as, uh, as our number one partner and kind of quasi-boots on the ground for us in all 87 counties. So as men and women are returning from their service and they may have some slight injuries or they may have uh, an experience uh, in their military service, we recommend that they connect with those county veteran service officers, they may be claims that can be filed, which then get uh, filtered a lot of times through MDVA, and uh, then up to the federal VA for final adjudication. And we are also the power of attorney at MDVA. So if there are claims that come back that are not approved uh, through the federal VA, we can bring those uh, and represent those individuals all the way up to the Board of Veterans Appeals.
0: And also the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, you said there are five soon to be eight veterans homes. Uh, those are operated by the state. You do get some federal money to help with them, I understand. And then going to the cemeteries, we got Fort Snelling Federal Cemetery out by the airport, but we now have four state cemeteries in Minnesota. And my understanding for the homes and the cemeteries is so that we can keep our veterans, whether they're alive in the homes or whether they've passed in the cemeteries, closer to their families.
2: That's correct and uh, the the federal VA likes to say somewhere around the 50 to 70 mile radius from each of these facilities so we can have uh, touch points with those veterans in any of the 87 counties within Minnesota. So we recently opened our newest cemetery in Redwood County, a beautiful facility down there, it used to be a uh, a cornfield and then as you mentioned three new veterans homes, one in Preston, one in Bemidji, and one in Montevideo. So that will really expand our uh, capacity for veterans who need long-term assisted care to almost a 1,000 uh,
0: beds. So for our veterans listening to us or their families, the two things they really need to know is they can to get some help, they can either talk to their local county veteran service officers, one in every county, or they can call the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs or get a hold of them at 1-888-LINK-VET, and either way, you're gonna you're gonna hook them up with the resources necessary to take care of them.
2: That is correct. Minnesota Veteran dot org is also another great resource. And one other area I wanted to just touch on, as you mentioned, Tom, the commander's task force. They're really uh, again a strong partner for us. They are um, always putting uh, legislative initiatives that maybe MDVA cannot put in front of the legislators. So, again, a partnership with them is, uh, is crucial to assure, ensure that we are supporting all Minnesota uh, veterans in all 87 counties. And we'll
0: soon be talking about Veterans Day on the Hill coming up next spring so that we can work on those things. Beth, I want to come back to you. We just got a couple of minutes left. Have you got any message for our listeners today about Veterans Day?
3: Yeah, um, I would just hope that our listeners um, would join us in recognizing our Minnesota veterans on this really special day and really just, you know, collectively saying thank you for your service. I think being a veteran myself, um, you know, I I don't need to be thanked for my service necessarily, but sometimes it's nice to hear um, and I know it goes a long way. And so that's what we kind of want to leave people with. Um, And we're really fortunate to live in the United States. Um, We're home of the free because of the brave. And I'd be remiss if I did not say, Tom, thank you for your service.
0: Well thank you Beth and thanks for being on this side of the microphone. I know you don't enjoy it too much but you did great today. Dave, we got about another minute. Do you have a message for our listeners about Veterans Day?
2: Yeah, if if you can make it, come on out to um this this wonderful event that we hold annually. Uh as Tom mentioned, uh, a great breakfast to start the day, uh, uh, a program that includes a lot of our congressional delegation. And uh, we have officials uh, from other state agencies as well as uh, the federal VA are also in attendance. So come on out and mingle um, and just ask some questions of the folks. Um, have a great breakfast and, um, again, enjoy, enjoy the day. And as Beth said, uh, just thank a veteran that day and, um, um, and, and have a great Saturday.
0: Veterans Day, Saturday, November 11th, at the Grove Heights Veterans Memorial, uh, Memorial Community Center. Breakfast, the uh, child, child Line opens at 8 30 and the program starts at 10. So, all you veterans, get your families, come on over there. You'll, you'll have a nice day. Uh, Dave and Beth, I want to thank you both for joining us today. Yes. Thank
3: you, Tom. Thanks,
2: Tom. Great show. That
0: was Dave Bellify and Beth Barslow from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs and Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us when we come back. We're going to talk about Native American Indian heritage. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. In a moment, we're going to learn about National Native American Heritage Month uh, with a visit from a a Minnesota Army National Guard member who is a member of the White Earth Nation. But first, it's time for the Commissioner's Corner, a weekly update from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Now here's Temporary Commissioner Brad Lindsey.
4: Are you interested in serving veterans? We encourage and welcome you to consider a career with the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. MDVA is hiring at all locations. MDVA proudly offers competitive pay, generous benefits, welcoming and supportive teams, and most importantly, meaningful careers that support and care for Minnesota's veterans. After all, they dedicated their lives to ensure our safety and we consider it our duty to serve those who served. To learn more, visit mn.gov careers and search Veterans Affairs or call one 888 linkvet vet Whether you are a veteran, family member, or an individual, you can make a difference today by supporting our nation's heroes.
0: Thank you, Commissioner Lindsay. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. As I said at the opening, we are going to talk about National Native American Heritage Month. And joining me now from the Minnesota Army National Guard is Master Sergeant Lowell Lauderd, a native of Monticello, Minnesota, by way of the White Earth Nation of the Minnesota Chippewa Tribe. And Sergeant Laudert, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Ah, thank you, Tom. So November is kind of an important month. It's a month where we can think back and, and think about our Native Americans, which is, includes uh, our Native American Indian tribes and uh, our Alaskan Natives. Is that true?
1: That's correct, yep.
0: And so is that, is that any kind of a special month for you, or is every month a special month for, for the, for the uh, White Earth Nation?
1: i i would say every month's a special month for the white earth nation, but it is it is neat it is cool that that we do take uh months to celebrate different people groups
0: and uh I was reading some facts before you came on and and I've learned this in past years, but Native Americans serve in far greater numbers than than the rest of the people of the United States, and it's not just the men, it's the women, and it's much higher numbers is that Does that go back to your culture to your warrior culture? Is is that is that deep seated?
1: Yeah, I, I think it is. I believe it is. I think and when you look at Native American history, tradition, culture, um truly we were the original soldier citizen, right? So we did from a cultural standpoint, we hunted and we fished and we gathered, but then when it was time to protect our families, our clans, our bands and our tribe, we also went and did warrior stuff too. So I, I think it's one hundred percent ingrained into who we are as a people and it's very culturally important. From what we try to do from a traditional standpoint, and some of the things we do inside our culture,
0: and if you study the history of uh, the United States military going back to World War One, World War Two, uh, Korea, Vietnam, Native Americans served, and, and of course we always hear about the code talkers. They confused the Japanese pretty well, didn't they?
1: They they sure did. I, I think what's interesting is when we when we talk about service for Native Americans, we really and honestly and truly Native Americans have been part of every conflict on this continent, predating you know, the colonies, and then they were part of every colonial battle or anything like that, so they've always served.
0: So when you were growing up as part of the White Earth Nation of the Minnesota Chippewa, did you kind of know you were probably going to go into military? Were you interested at an early age?
1: I I was. I really was, and I think a lot of that had to do with my—I had an uncle that served in the Air Force Vietnam veteran, Um, had an uncle that served in the Air Force uh, Gulf War veteran, Um, so that was just kind of part of the family, too,
0: really. So once you're in and you've been in for a while you're a master sergeant so you've earned a lot of stripes. Yeah. Does does a military family and, and your white earth band family does that feel like two different families but kind of part of the same?
1: I I wouldn't say that. I think I think that's the neatness of of our cultural perspectives. It's, it is that family network of people just like when you're when you're a soldier, right? You have your you have your soldier family and you have your native family but the culturally it's it's really the same the, in the army, we have the seven army values. In Ojibwe culture, we have the seven grandfathers' teachings, and they actually mirror each other very, very well. So it kind of it kind of lines culturally really nice.
0: So all those friendships you developed in all the years you've been in the military just kind of normal. Feels feels like. Growing up. Huh?
1: It, it, do- it really does. It really does. And it's kind of that purpose part too. really when you're when you're working in the army, there's a purpose behind it. There's service behind it. Um, and when you're doing stuff culturally, there's typically a purpose. We take care of our elders. We take care of our veterans. We take care of the people, people in need. And that's just ingrained. Even even people that are um, less fortunate from a financial standpoint, we're still givers. We're still going to show up and help.
0: It seems natural and normal to me from what you're describing. We're talking to Master Sergeant Lowell Lauter about uh, National Native American Heritage Month on Minnesota Military Radio. I notice you've got a little different haircut that, than a lot of soldiers have because it's not high and tight. Right. Is is that an accommodation they make to, for your culture?
1: It is. It is. So I I, uh, I requested back last August, I requested an exception to policy to have my hair long in um, accordance with Native culture and traditions and, and religion. And I, and I received that. Um, so I believe I'm the first native American in the national guard for sure. And probably all of the army to have that exception to policy to grow my hair long in, in uh, cultural traditional ways. And I think it's important. Um, like you mentioned, our, our native men served in, in those greater wars, uh, uh, and they had to cut their hair and even the board, boarding school era, all our men had to cut our hair. So now I kind of feel it's, that I have the right and the ability to do so. That I'm wearing this hair, not just for myself, but for all the people that came before me and all the people that will come after me.
0: And for our listeners, you keep it neat and orderly and respectful. So you, yep. you're not trying to, to flaunt it. You're just this is who I am, and, and yep. Minnesota Army National Guards allowing this.
1: It, they are. Yep, they should certainly. And that's
0: are. part of diversity, diversity and inclusion. It is absolutely. So uh, we were talking in the first part of the show about an event called. Uh, Veterans Day on the Hill. Correct. Where the Commander's Task Force get together and they talk about legislative initiatives and so forth. I understand uh you've taken part in a new annual event called American Indian Day on the Hill. Can you Co- tell us about that?
1: Yeah, sure. I I believe it was the this was the first one this year. Um and basically they brought they invited uh natives from around the state to come in and just kinda of celebrated some of the things Minnesota's done to support Native Americans in general. Um and then you know, we talked a little bit about uh um uh, murdered missing indigenous women and stuff like that. So really my role there was just to kind of represent the National Guard from a diversity council standpoint.
0: Are there, i got to ask you this, you've kind of referred to way back a couple of times here, and and we read that there were homes and they took the, the Native American children to these homes and they tried to teach them how to be non-Indian, if you yep. will, and, and some of the things that you just mentioned. Are there open wounds about the way American Indians were treated hundred years ago or more it, uh, is that still bothersome
1: I, I believe I believe there is and, and so uh, one of the things is when when natives tend to try to reclaim culture tradition and language there's a tendency to push back on some of Western culture and, and for me it's important that we understand that we can still be native and still do some of the other things we do today uh, like Christianity so I'm a full-time pastor up on the wider reservation as well but we strongly encourage tribal traditions. But a lot of our tribal traditions, culture, language, and all that stuff were, were broken or, or uh, severed during the boarding school era.
0: So it's important to remember and teach and, and not forget the culture, but then you have to find some balance because you have to live in today's world.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I think one of the things I heard that's, that's spot on is uh, as Native Americans, we can have our culture and tradition, but we also have the right to evolve as well.
0: And everybody does. right? I mean, look at the technology, look at everything that's affecting everybody. I'm not saying it's all good. right? <laughs> Some of the right. old ways may be a lot better than yep. the current ways yep. and a lot easier life, even though it was harder because you're hunting and gathering and, and, and where today you go to the grocery store and stuff. But I think it's probably, you should tell me, but I think it's probably really important to remember and, and to teach to the young people what it was like before things started to change.
1: I believe I think so too. I think I think one of the things that's important for anybody, or should be important for anybody, if you remember where you came from, you have a tendency to appreciate what you have currently. Um, so there's a song I used I, I hear, and sometimes it's like, being broke makes me rich. So if you remember where your roots are and where you came from, sometimes you can appreciate what you have a lot better.
0: And if you need to, you can go back to that comfortable place and start over. You're right, you're right, yep. <laughs> Which is, you've got some of those people and some good friends, I'm sure, in the White Earth Nation of the Minnesota Chippewa. Uh, Sergeant, we're going to have to take a short break. When we come back, I want to talk about one of my favorite ceremonies I've ever seen, and that's a Veterans Powwow that we saw up at the Lac-R-Parl. Uh We're speaking with Master Sergeant Lowell Laudert from the Minnesota National Guard on Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been talking on uh, the last segment with uh, Master Sergeant Lowell Laudert, who's a part of the uh, Minnesota Army National Guard. And I forgot to ask you, Sergeant Laudert, how many years you've been in? How long does it take to get to be a Master Sergeant?
1: Uh, well, it, it took about 17 years to get to be a Master Sergeant. I've been in about 20 as of last octo- uh, this past October.
0: So you're getting close to the point where you might start thinking about that R word, that I, retirement I am. thing. I am.
1: I'm, it's within a few months here, I
0: think. Well, so make sure you get about an extra six months so that you make sure they count them right. Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we want to talk a little bit. Uh, you're a member, uh, native of the Monticello, Minnesota, by way of the White Earth Nation of the Minnesota Chippewa Tribe. And you were explaining to me that there are, there are a number of bands within that. Can you, can you run through that quick?
1: Yeah, sure. So the Minnesota Chippewa tribe is the federally recognized umbrella of the six constitute bands underneath that tribe. White Earth Nation, Leech Lake, Grand Portage, Fond du Lac, Boys Fort, and Mille Lacs, I believe. And then Sandy Lake's kind of in that as well. So it's kind of an umbrella. The federal government looks at the umbrella. And then Red Lake's a standalone Ojibwe tribe, and then you have the four Lakota tribes.
0: Okay, so within the within the Chippewa, there's a tribe, and then those those six bands. Yep. And and I understand that uh, you sometimes the bands sometimes get together, and as a matter of fact, a few years back I had a chance to go to a a uh, Native American veterans powwow that was part of the Fond du Lac tribe. They were having up the powwow grounds up in Cloquet, beautiful beautiful space. I'm sure you've probably been up there. I have. Yep. It was it was an incredible day. We flew up with the adjutant general. Uh, we were welcomed. We went in and we watched the ceremony, uh, the veterans powwow ceremony, and uh, uh, visited with the tribal uh, leaders. And And uh, when we left, the, the adjutant general did a terrific thing. He, he had the black hawk come in, fly over the lake, nose down real close over the powwow grounds, and tipped the nose and flew away in a salute uh, for having uh, included us that day. And I heard from a lot of my friends up there that uh, – they were they were pretty impressed that the adjutant general would take the time to do that.
1: Yeah, oh for sure. Yeah. Huge huge honor. Uh they, they talk about it every year.
0: So the concept veterans powwow. I think most of most people that aren't aren't Native Americans probably don't know what that means, but I came away from that with the thought that the the band, the tribes, were treating their veterans with high regard. And and I'm thinking that goes back to your culture, go back to the warrior culture. Goes back to your propensity to serve uh, in greater numbers than than non Native Americans.
1: Oh, for sure it does. It's it's one hundred percent ingrained inside culture, inside individuals. Um, I, you know, we didn't have drafts or anything like that um, back before before uh, European contact or anything like that. But everybody was expected to serve. You served. A, you just didn't do you. You did family. You did clan. You did band, and you did tribe, and everybody participated in that. Um, So our warriors, our Ogi Cheetah, we call them Ogi Cheetah warriors, uh, very highly held up in regard. And then there's cultural things inside that that are extremely important. There's things only a warrior, only a veteran can do inside our culture.
0: Now, there was a ceremony and there was a circle. Mm -hmm. And only only the veterans were allowed in that circle. What was going on during that ceremony?
1: It's it's an honor circle. So a a lot of stuff inside culture. Inside Ojibwe culture, our circles—we have talking circles, a cir- you know, circle of life. We have a, a, the medicine wheel, um, but really, it's just a way to to go through and honor. Even when we enter a powwow ground, you, you go in and, in a certain way, um, and it's just an honoring. You're honoring the spirits, you're honoring the Creator, you're honoring the, the grandfathers before us, you're honoring everybody before you, and all that stuff. So it's really just an honoring type thing.
0: Certain lauders looked like that. The the tribe up there during that. We were up there just for the the veterans powwow, but it looked like they were in there for a matter of days. They were in there with pickup trucks with campers on them, and they were they were cooking and they were camping and they were. This was a this was a big event. How, does that go for several days? And, and is it something that everybody looks forward to once a year or or fairly often?
1: Well, yes. Um... They're typically three days. You have a, you'll have you have opening ceremonies Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So they're typically three days, uh, depending, you know, when it gets colder months, maybe two days, maybe one day. But, yeah, they're always events. And then there's almost like a powwow circuit. So some of the drum groups, some of the dancers uh, will go to different powwows throughout the year um, to dance, to celebrate culture and all that stuff. But, you know, there's, there's also um, – a public side to it and a financial side to it. Some of them have honor, honorariums or you can earn money or win money if you if you're a fancy dancer or whatever. So yeah, it's a huge event. And obviously you've seen all the food.
0: They were yeah. It was a, it was a big gathering and yeah. and they were all pretty happy.
1: Yeah, food and culture and and
0: Oh, no, we got to bring that to this year. I understand the White Earth Nation on November 11th and 12th is having a Veterans a Veterans Day powwow at the Shooting Star Casino Event Center. Is that open to the public? Can they go watch this?
1: Yeah, they absolutely can. It's it's open to a public uh, uh, nine times out of ten. If it's, if it's close to the public, you're not going to see it
0: advertised. And there
1: are some cultural uh, powwows that are just traditional powwows. Just within be, the, the band. Just within the band. But, yes, no, this one's open to the public. Uh, it's phenomenal. If you haven't been to a powwow, go. And then, if you can, if you can, don't ever be afraid to ask questions. A lot of times, I think people get nervous to ask a question. Have, have the courage to ask, but just do it. You know, Just it'll be nice. And,
0: okay. and I was, at, I would add that if they're in the middle of a ceremony, wait till the yes. wait till the music stops. Wait till, yes. and then quietly ask somebody, and they'll be yep. only too happy to tell you. Yep. But you don't want to be rude either. Right, exactly. So November 11th and 12th, Shooting Star Casino, the White Earth Nation is having a Veterans Powwow. Uh, Veterans Day powwow, are you going up to that one?
1: I, I most likely will not. I'm doing another cultural event that week called deer hunting.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, then, and then, It's a so, national holiday. It is a national holiday.
1: And then Sunday I'm going to set down my pastor hat, and I'm going to actually go witness the Minnesota Vikings in person. So. Oh,
0: very good, yeah. very good. Well, you're, there's your balance. Yes. There's your balance. Well, Sergeant Lauderdale, I want to thank you for joining us today. It's been fascinating talking about uh, uh, National Native American Heritage Month, and I'd encourage all of our listeners, if you get a chance to go to a Veterans powwow, take it in.
1: All right, McGwitch.
0: I hope that was something hey, nice. Thanks, yep, thank you, McGwitch. McGwitch. <laughs> thank yeah. you, Sergeant Lauderd. All right. That was Master Sergeant Lowell Lauderd from the Minnesota Army National Guard on Minnesota Military Radio. Joining me now from the flagline of the Minnesota Patriot Guard is Doug Bly. Doug, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio.
5: Thanks for having us, Tom. We appreciate it.
0: Doug, I don't know where uh, this year went, but we're into November already, and we're coming up on uh, a special day. November 11th is uh, Veterans Day.
5: Yeah, this year has gone by, Tom. Actually, there my motorcycle is going to its winter, winter nap location this afternoon. So the summer is officially over for me today. But yeah, no Veterans Day, in particular, my dad's a veteran, and it's such an important day. You know, we spend particularly in the patriot guard so much time and effort on funerals and you know saying goodbye to our loved ones, and it's really kind of neat to have a day where someone who served honorably someone who probably didn't stand out, someone who just did their duties, signed their name to that check. It's a a chance to say thank you and see them smile. And I love nothing more than going to a local American Legion or VFW on Veterans Day. Or I think um, so many of the restaurants are nice to our veterans, you know, with free meals or discounted meals. And uh, see them wearing their veterans hat and identifying their service or when they served. And see them, you know, just that one day a year with, with a smile because they're still with us to say thanks for what you did. Welcome home.
0: And you come from a family of service because I believe your father served as a fireman for many years.
5: He was. He was a, a Army veteran in Korea, and he was actually at year, 93 years old, Tom, officially retired from the fire department in Belgium, Wisconsin. So yeah. one of the longest-serving active firefighters in Wisconsin.
0: I've seen that photo, and I love the hat that he was wearing when he was in, in his fire department garb. So.
5: Yeah, it's just, you know, he was proud of that. And, you know, he's a you know typical Citizen of America, you know, eighth grade education, you know, from way back then. Um, Served with distinction in the Army, did his 30 years as fire chief in addition to his years as a firefighter and on the maintenance team for the fire trucks. And, you know, it's just to to have this everyday American and to just say thank you, Tom. It just always warms my
0: heart to do that. Yeah, and it's part of who you are, Doug, because I've known you for years. You're having a sad day. You're putting your motorcycle away for the year, and I just want to talk about we're going into Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, The riders from the Minnesota Patriot Guard have to act a little differently in the winter.
5: We do. You know, we move from being careful with hydration and sunscreen to making sure our ears are covered and wearing scarves. And we always find people out there in their ball cap that they pull on, and we always go, don't you have a ski hat you can wear somewhere? Um, And to make sure you just stay protected in the wind, you know, the – you get dehydrated actually standing in the cold, windy. That actually creates a dehydration status for yourself. And so you're always constant with stay hydrated, stay moving, stay warm, um, stay active, and stay alert, you know, as you're out there because the, the cold weather is just as dangerous as hot weather for us, Tom.
0: Doug, for the families that have lost a veteran that's a loved one and they, they wish the Patriot Guard to come to the funeral, they've got to take the action to ask you, Correct.
5: They do. And, you know, and I'm glad you brought that up, Tom, because wintertime, many of them say, well, we don't want to bother them or it's going to be cold that day or we don't want to you know, see them standing outside. And it is our honor and it is our always immediate response. It is our honor to be asked to stand at that funeral line. So go to our website, mmpatriotguard.org. Uh, click on the request the Patriot Guard link that takes you all the way through. Here's what to do. Here's the service detail we need. It then goes to our missions team who distributes it to the local ride captain. Uh, It is our honor to stand there, Tom, and we just wish people would ask in the wintertime.
0: Doug, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you and all the Patriot Guard riders for all they do. It's a wonderful uh, uh, service you provide, uh, and as you know, I've, I've seen that up close and personal. Thanks for joining us today.
5: Thank you, Tom. Have a great Thanksgiving.
0: You too. I was Doug Bly from the flagline of the Minnesota Patriot Guard. We're just about out of time. Thanks for listening to this edition of Minnesota Military Radio. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week Dave Bellify and Beth Barstow from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, Master Sergeant Lowell Laudert, Doug Bly from the flagline of the Minnesota Patriot Guard, Temporary Commissioner Brad Lindsay, from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and finally, Minnesota's Adjutant General, Major General Sean Mankey. Please join us next week as we talk about diabetes with the Minneapolis VA and check in with the Isani County Beyond the Yellow Ribbon. That's coming up next weekend on this station or online anytime at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. I'm Tom Lyons, and I hope that you make a difference in someone's life this week.
2: Minnesota Military Radio is a production of iHeartMedia, Media, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minneapolis VA, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Minnesota National Guard. Your host is Tom Lyons, founder and owner of Phelan Partners Limited, a merger and acquisition advisory firm. Tom is a life member of the American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans of America, and the DAV. For podcasts and the latest updates, follow us at
5: minnesotamilitaryradio.com.